Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you are really blessed by hearing it. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about something that is really close to my heart. I'm really, really passionate about worship. And I was thinking today how grateful I am that God equips us and qualifies us. Because I think when I was asked to, I think pretty much everybody said this, actually. <laughs> Every person who stood up and um, started to talk has been like, oh, when Ron came to me and, and told me that I was going to be talking about Sabbath or talking about celebration, I, oh, I really wasn't sure about that. And I'm just, I'm glad. I was looking back today just over years gone by, and I can see how God's been working and how God's been teaching me, and I'm just, yeah, thankful for that. So I can stand here really excited to share with you what I've learned. Um, we can't talk about worship without first talking about our hearts. And I know that God's been preparing me and he's brought me on my own journey with worship and with him. And that's my own heart. But everybody's in this different stage. Everybody's at different stages. Um, and I have this quote. I think it's going to come up on the screen. Um, what we set our minds and hearts on the most is what we worship. So right at the very beginning... I just want to give us a minute or two to just gauge where our hearts are with God. You become what you worship. So the next slide is actually a picture which we use in Alpha. So the next picture is of a swimming pool. Hopefully you can see lots of lovely different characters there. So we've got there's a guy kind of posing in the mirror there. Um, there's somebody kind of slowly dipping his toe in, someone swimming, kind of enjoying it. Um, we've got someone who's just walking in, we've got a guy who's sitting in the corner, he's on his phone, he's on his laptop, he's really, really busy. Um, and we use this as an illustration of where are you in your relationship with God right now? So I just want to give you a minute or two, if you want to write something down, want to write a word down or a thought down, which one of these people do you think you are right now? And we're going to start with that and I'm just going to give you a minute and I'll pray and then we'll move on to the next part. Father, I thank you for what you have planned in this room this evening. And I'm just, I'm really excited about what you're going to do. And I just pray, Father, that you would use my words, that you would help me to speak, that you would fill my mouth with what you want me to say, and that you would meet everybody in this place this evening, that you would draw them closer to you, Father, in your way. We give you all the glory. Amen. Cool. So, uh, Steph read out Psalm 96. Um, just got, we're going to be pulling kind of bits from that throughout the evening. So, if you want to get your Bibles out and just have it open, that'd be really handy. So, worship starts with knowing the one that we're worshiping. Let's not forget who we're dealing with. The verse talks about how great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all other gods. Honor and majesty surround him. We need to stop and remember who we're dealing with. He is God. He is the only God above all other gods. I honestly believe that if we stopped and really thought about who he was just for a minute, um, the beauty and majesty of God. I'm not even sure if we could stand up properly. <laughs> it 
we were actually talking uh, in youth on Friday about um, actually if God himself were to come into the room, like how would we handle that? I actually don't think we'd handle it very well. I think we'd all be on our faces and on our knees. And in Exodus 33, the Lord appears to Moses and it says that he actually couldn't look directly at his face. And when he came down the mountain, it says that he wasn't even aware that his face had become radiant because he'd been spending so much time in the Lord's presence. It actually says, when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. What if we spent so much time in God's presence that our faces were just shining? (laughs) I think that would be cool. (laughs) So, point one, if you like. Um... In the words of Steve Curtis Chapman's songs, if anybody has listened to him, he's got lots of worship music. He has a song called God is God, and the words are, I think it's on the next slide, God is God, and I am not. I can only see a part of the picture that he's painting. He's God. He knows everything. We can see just a glimpse. He knows all of it. I think we've also lost a bit of fear of God. It talks about the fear of the Lord. And we're so me-centered in our society, like what's fulfilling for me? Am I comfortable? Am I happy? Am I okay? The thought of having a God that is above all that and so much greater and so much bigger than I, I think outside of this building and people walking around who don't know God, that's actually quite a scary thought that there's this great, massive, big God that is so much greater than I. But it sort of answers the question, why does worship need to be a discipline for us? Because God needs to be worshipped because he's God. (laughs) He is full of majesty and glory and he is the Lord above all lords. He is God. In Luke 19, says, right at the crest where Mount Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works that they had been witnessing. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, teacher, get your disciples under control. But he said, if they kept quiet, the very stones would do it for them, shouting out praise. If we, as the people of God, don't praise his name and give him glory, very creation would start groaning and crying out. (laughs) He's God, and he needs to be worshipped. He needs to be praised. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, how blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And Proverbs 19 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. And that's my prayer for this evening, that we would never lose that awe and wonder of God. Because fear in this sense doesn't mean afraid. It means to be in awe and wonder and in complete amazement of who he is. And this is where it all begins. Because worship, first and foremost, starts with knowing the one that we're worshiping. And once we're caught up in the awe and wonder of him, this is where our journey of worship starts. So if anybody's taking notes, I'm doing... Um, worship is overflow. You can put that as a little title. <laughs> worship is an overflow of love for him. The love that he first gave to us, we now pour back to him in worship. And I feel like I can't really talk about worship without talking about emotion. 
it's not really something that we're great at as part of our culture because showing emotion can sometimes show a sign of weakness and we really struggle with that. Um, as you know, me and Josiah were part of Youth with a Mission, uh, missions organization is where we met, and we lived in a big house uh, full of lots of different people from lots of different countries, so we're all learning things about each other's cultures, and it was really fun. And there was a Swedish girl on one of the discipleship schools that we were staffing, and um, she came back from London one day, and she came up to me, and she's like, I saw a British lady crying on the train station. And I was really surprised because I didn't know that British people cried. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> she, di she didn't even know that, that we cried. <laughs> we don't love showing emotion to others. Um, but God, on the other hand, wants us to be completely vulnerable with him. And we can't really talk about true worship without talking about vulnerability with the Father. Emotions can sometimes be funny and sometimes a little bit too much, especially for us girls because we cry and we don't even know why we cry sometimes. Um, and it's cool because Ron actually mentioned this this morning in his sermon about emotions, about how when sometimes we're too much of a feeler, we can... Um, be too directed and too led by our emotions, which isn't so great. And there was a teacher who I heard one time speak on this, which was really cool, and she described it as a train. So if you imagine uh, three carriages, um, and at the front of the carriage is your emotion, and the emotion is driving the train, it's not going to go very well. You're probably going to derail really fast because if our emotions led the show, we would be all over the place. Emotions don't, yeah, they're up and down. We all know that. But if the Holy Spirit is at the front of the train and in the back we've got our emotions and we've got our mind and we've got everything else and the Holy Spirit is driving that, everything else is going to come into alignment with that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> God can actually use our emotions to meet with us. And um, I actually have a really funny story of this. So uh, as well, during our time with YWAM, we had um, a week of evangelism. So lots of different schools from all over the country come together and do this week of evangelism. So we were in Coventry, and we were sleeping on church floors, and it was very fun. Um, and we were all about to go onto our international outreach the week after. So I was about to leave for China, and I was absolutely terrified because I had never been on a plane in my life before. So I was 18 years old, never been on a plane, never been in another country. And I was about to leave and go to China for three whole months and I'd never even set foot on a plane. And I, it suddenly hit me. I was all like ready for this adventure, like, God, I'm ready. And then that week it just hit me and I was so paralyzed with fear. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Like I want to do it, but I'm really scared. And um, we're in this time of worship, and I just remember putting out my hands and saying, Lord, I'm, I'm ready for what you have for me. I am totally afraid, but I want to go. I want to do what you want me to do. And um, I started to get this weird urge, like I really needed to laugh, like something was really, really funny. And this has never happened to me before, so I was like, what's going on? It's really out of the blue. And, um, and this, this feeling just kept coming and coming, like this overwhelming sense of joy, like some, someone had just told me something funny and I was trying not to laugh and this, this feeling just kept coming and coming. And this is what's really great about God is sometimes if, um, 
he sometimes gives you someone to look stupid with. So <laughs> I turn to my left, and there's this girl on my DTS, and she's um, also kind of got this look on her face, like she's going to explode, and something. So she's like bending over. She's like, ah, <laughs> like what's happening to me? And um, and just all at once, we just let go, and and we're just laughing and laughing and laughing, and just God was filling us with this joy. And like I was on the ground, like I was crying, my stomach hurt. And I've never felt so much joy in my life. It's like God had just revealed exactly who he was <laughs> to me. Because when we're walking around in our everyday lives, we're not fully aware of him. I think if we were always fully aware of who he was, we would never get anything done <laughs> in life. Just like Moses, he was, his face was radiant. Um, and in this moment, when I had this revelation of who he was, it all changed. My fear just had to run. It just left immediately. And I was a wreck, total wreck, on the ground, done. <laughs> Everything becomes so small in the light of who he is. Yeah, I'm so thankful for God to, for him to release me from my fear in that way. And that three months was incredible. It's such a good time. <laughs> Psalm 96, which Steph read out, there's a part there that says, O nations of the world, and my version says, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Maybe some of us need that revelation today, that recognition of who he is, so that then worship can flow out of that place of knowing who he is fully. And we're going to pray later on, and we're going to pray for revelation for you guys to really fully meet with him and know who he is. So when it comes to congregational worship, we often join together in sung worship, and this is a great way to show our praise and thankfulness to God. And singing together is one way that we can lift up and encourage one another. But some of you might think, what's the point in singing? I don't really like singing. Well, the Bible is packed full to the brim of stories that I can't even begin to go into. Um, back in Psalm 96, notice it says, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. And in other parts, it even says shout. But why? Have you ever been in a stadium full of people or at a concert or at a football game and everybody's cheering on the team and there's just this atmosphere and it feels really good? Kind of in the same way, when we meet and when we sing together, it's lifting our spirits and it actually increases our faith. I don't know if you ever stop and listen to the words of the songs that we're singing. Like even, I was just feeling so like overcoming worship actually, just as we were singing. I was like, God, you can't like fully overcome me because I've got to speak in a minute. But um, we're singing Spirit Break Out. I'm like, huh, are you serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do we really want that to happen? Because I don't know what would happen if his spirit actually broke out. Like we sing these songs we want to see your kingdom here. What does that look like? Revival. What does it look like? We sing these songs. I, half the time I wonder, do we really know what we're singing? Do we really know what we're asking for? Yeah, man. God's going to overcome us, I think, tonight with who he is. Romans 14 says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Two of these are felt emotions, peace and joy. 
But we don't always immediately feel this way. Sometimes this is why we sing songs to our souls. And I always thought it was weird that we sang songs to our souls. But um, David sings songs to his soul all the time, like, come on, come on, sing to the Lord, believe in him, trust in him. We sing, bless the Lord, O my soul, and we sing, it is well with my soul, because sometimes our soul needs encouraging. We don't, everything doesn't connect all at once. Our feelings don't necessarily match up with what we know all the time, but we sing anyway. Worship is primarily between you and God. He loves you, and then you love him back, and it's this whole fun circle of love, giving love. Um, But if you ever stop to think how your worship might actually increase the faith of another believer, we're not all feeling it 24-7, and we actually need each other. And if you want to sing, like in a congregational setting when we're all in church together, if you want to sing, I encourage you to sing loud. (laughs) And if you're feeling up for praying, I, I would encourage you to come to the front and to pray over people. If you're really just on top form, I encourage you to just go for it because there are always going to be people in our congregation who are struggling to to match up those feelings with what they know. It's It's not always easy for us all, but this is why God has given us the body of Christ, the church, for us to all support each other and lift each other up. Worship is a part of that. We lift our spirits and we increase our faith when we're together. But what I really care about and what I really care about for this church is that we can be completely vulnerable with him. And I know that in itself, becoming completely vulnerable with God and with others is a discipline because we can so often curl up and we can take back what we've given to God. We can take it back and say, no, I've got it, actually, I'm good. Um, Or we get afraid. But it would just be so much easier to learn how to be vulnerable with him and just hand it over. Cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. Sometimes we need to shout and we need to sing and we need to declare truth over our lives and sometimes other people need to hear that encouragement. There are too many other voices that can take his over. It's really important that we listen to his voice. Like this morning, I haven't really been too well this week. haven't had much of a voice, but this morning I just, I sat, after a couple of songs of worship, I just sat down, because I was tired, <laughs> and I couldn't really sing, because nothing was coming out, and I just sat, and I just opened my hands, and I said, Lord, I just want to meet with you, and I want this to be that kind of place, where you don't have to just stand there and, and sing, and just, you know, do the, if you need to bow, if you need to dance around in the back, if you need to sit down, Maybe you haven't sat down all week. Maybe this is the place where you can come and you can just sit down and just meet with him and be still. Worship doesn't look the same for everybody. So what I care about, honestly, is just that you are vulnerable with him and that you're meeting with him um, in a way that, yeah, that's easy for you to meet with him. It's not going to look the same for everybody. So, of course, I'm talking about worship, so... David dancing in his underwear had to come up at some point, so I'm going to talk about David, and um, this is really cool. If, you wanna, if you've got Bibles and you want to follow along, I'm reading from 2 Samuel 6, verse 13, and 
It's the part where they're bringing the Ark of the Lord into the city of David and they're celebrating. So I'm just going to read. After the men who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing of ram's horns. But as the Ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Her heart was filled with scorn. So I thought there was just a couple of interesting things about this passage that someone like David could dance so freely before the Lord. We all know the story of David, and we all know that he by far wasn't perfect. Yet he dances, and God calls him a man after his own heart. Our burdens and our sin are meant to be given to God, and they're not supposed to be weighing us down any longer. He's the God of forgiveness, and part of that discipline and worship is coming before God when we know that we're not perfect, when we know we've not got it all together. I have so many friends who in the past have just been scared to come to church with me because they're not perfect yet. They're not right there. I I can't come to church because I need to get this sorted first. And that makes me so sad because God wants us to come to him when we are not perfect. He accepts us every day as we are. And if we're not exactly feeling free to dance this evening, I would question if there was something in your life that is just weighing you down a bit right now. And um, we can pray for you later if that is. And the second interesting thing is that Michael, I think I'm saying her name right, her heart was full of scorn when she saw David dancing. And I was thinking how it's actually really difficult to understand something when you're standing outside of that circle. When you're really just fully in love with God, you just honestly don't care anymore. (laughs) When you're fully overcome with love for him, you can dance around like a fool and you really wouldn't care what anybody else thought. And I love how the message puts the end of this passage, and I think it's on the slide behind me. And there's a, there's a little dancing guy. There you go. <laughs> but I love how the message puts this. David returned home to bless his family. Michael Saul's daughter came out to greet him and said, How wonderfully the king has distinguished himself today, exposing himself to the eyes of the servants' maids like some burlesque street dancer. David replied to Michael, In God's presence, I will dance all I want. He chose me over your father and the rest of your family and made me prince over God's people over Israel. Oh yes, I will dance to God's glory more recklessly than this. And as far as I'm concerned, I will gladly look like a fool. (laughs) Yeah, when we're fully in love with God, it just doesn't matter how we look anymore, which I think is awesome. All fear is gone. Our worship is also our obedience to God. And I think there's a little, there's a picture. There we go, awesome. Worship is also obedience. When Abraham was walking up the mountain with his son, he wasn't going up there to sing a slow melodic song to the Lord. Abraham was going up in obedience to put his most prized possession, his son, to death. His worship was defined by his obedience. And I can't even begin to imagine what was going through his head as he was walking up that mountain. 
All he knew was that he loved God and that God had told him to go up the mountain and sacrifice his son. I just can't even imagine. That is just radical obedience. It's just crazy. And Noah is another great example. And I can't ever think of the story of Noah without thinking that he must have looked absolutely crazy (laughs) just building a boat in the middle of the desert. And at the time, the rest of the world wasn't doing so well. And Noah was the one who had favor. The Lord said that he was the one who had favor. So he was doing all right, but the rest of the world was kind of not doing so good. It was all in chaos. And then he's just building this boat in the middle of the desert. And I just can't imagine him not being taunted and teased just a little bit for that. But yeah, he builds this boat. (laughs) How many of us would take our own son up a mountain? And how many of us would start building a boat in the middle of the desert? How many examples can we pull from scripture When we step out in faith and obey, God is faithful to not leave us hanging. Our obedience to him is our worship to him because it shows that we put our trust in him and him alone. Don't let the absence of immediate breakthrough change your revelation of God's nature. I know that a lot of us come into worship with this expectation of like I want to meet with God and I want him to heal me and I want him to do this and this and this and um, I was thinking today about how actually I'm trying to imagine I suppose because I've been healthy thank you Lord most of my life and um, but if there was something that was really waiting on the Lord to heal I was really waiting on the Lord to do um, I would still want to be in this place where go back to the beginning where I trust in who he is, where I have this relationship with him, which is a strong foundation so that whatever comes, I'm still looking to this relationship with him and trusting in him. Isaiah 54 is really cool. It says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. You who have never been in labor, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense, For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. When we obey God, we are also coming into agreement with his kingdom. I just, I really, really love these two parts um, of Isaiah. Because this is what God says. He says, sing in barrenness. Don't wait until you're perfect. Don't wait until you're complete. In barrenness, in difficulty, when you're not getting healing, when it's not coming together, when it's not happening, he says, sing. (laughs) This is obedience, resting on who he is and not what our circumstances are telling us. We follow him and we choose to listen to his voice when it doesn't look right, when it doesn't make sense. I love this passage because it even says, enlarge your home and build an addition, (laughs) because it's like it's saying, I'm not leaving you in this barren place. You need to prepare for what I'm doing. You need to get your house ready. You need to build an addition. You need to prepare for what I'm going to do, because this barrenness, this desert place, it's not going to last very long. He's that good. This is our God who says, before you see the answer, worship me. Before you see the answer, trust me. When I come into agreement with his promises, I say no to the enemy. Just like um, Evan was preaching the other week. 
We say no to everything else when we say yes to God. And just like Joy was preaching the other week, this has really stuck with me, actually, um, just talking about how love and fear can't dwell in the same heart. When love fully takes a hold of us, when we have that complete and full revelation of who God is, fear has to leave. It can't physically live in that same place anymore. This is what happens when we come into agreement with kingdom thinking. This is how God thinks. Everything flows out of relationship with him. And it just makes sense. (laughs) If he is who he says he is, we can't give him anything less than everything. We can't give him anything less because he deserves all of me. He deserves all of my life. And this is my worship to him. My heart given over to him every day. The words out of my mouth, how I treat other people, how I live my life, an overflow of love for him, and a desire to be obedient to what he says. Yeah, there was, um, I was kind of thinking in worship of sharing this, but there was this time when I was younger, and um, I've been having really bad panic attacks at school, and I go to this camp every year, this youth camp, and it had been really fun for years and years and years, and I'd been going back. Um, but this year, I'd had panic attacks in school, and I'd left school because they got so bad. And I went to this camp, and it was supposed to be really fun. It was always really fun. But I went that year, and it was really, really difficult, and I couldn't go into the marquee where they were all having worship and teaching. I was, there was this fear stopping me. Um, and long story short... Um, I ended up going in on the very last night with this youth worker who'd been helping me and encouraging me all week. And I went into worship and just fell to my knees and I was like, Lord, I need you to heal me. I need you to heal me because I don't know how I'm going to continue on because it's just getting really bad. It's stopping me from living. And I had this really powerful vision and um, I had this vision that I was laying in a field And it was really peaceful. It was like that whole verse, uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leaves me beside still waters. It was like I was there. I was laying in this field, and I felt like God healed me. I felt like God healed me completely. And for years and years and years and years, I didn't struggle with panic attacks. I didn't have anxiety of any kind. I just lived my life, and it was great. And then they came back, and I didn't understand. I didn't understand why that had happened, why I'd had this complete healing, what I felt like was complete healing, and then they came back again. This is why we have relationship with God. This is why we need to keep having relationship with God, because we're going to go through seasons of barrenness, and we're going to go through seasons of desert places, and things are going to come back, and life on earth isn't going to be completely perfect, but what we can trust in is that he is God, and he is good, and that we have this relationship with him that we can stand on. Um, And I absolutely love worship, because whenever I worship, everything just falls away. It's pretty awesome. And yeah, I just feel like, I really want to pray this evening for revelation of who God is, because I think worship 
That's where we start with worship is knowing who he is, like really knowing who he is and just being hit with a revelation of this is God, this is who we worship. And I felt like God say last night to me as I was falling asleep that, that he just wanted to fall in love with us again, that he just wanted to ignite that love with each and every one of us again. And so I think we're going to pray um, and Dave's going to come up and sing, I think. Um, but a few people, if um, those on the prayer team want to just come and like hover around the front area, that would be cool. For more information, please go to www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.